0: and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. Hey everyone, Michelle here. I'm so excited to let you know about Freedom Model International Membership. Get support as you deprogram from the 12 steps and the shackles of addiction recovery. For a low monthly membership fee, you get the Freedom Model online program, which includes our books, our audiobooks, workbooks, and all the additional lessons. You also get the Freedom Model for the Family online program as well. You will get a live, members only two hour question and answer webinar with Mark and myself the last Wednesday of every month. And each week, we're going to add a new video lesson. We call this the What We Learned This Week series. Lastly, we also have the Freedom Model International monthly newsletter where we're going to tackle the current events and the latest research for you. All this for just $39.95 per month. You can stay a member for as long as you need, and you can suspend or cancel your subscription whenever you're ready. Go to online.thefreedommodel.org to sign up today. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. This is the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And I'm Mark Sheeran. And we wrote uh, the Freedom Model for Addictions with Stephen Slate. We also wrote the Freedom Model for the Family. We developed the
1: Freedom Model online programs. And and we're going to talk today. And we created the first non-12-step residential program in the world. Yes. Thirty now, thirty-three years ago.
0: Yes, and today we're gonna kind of have a continuation of a blast of episode uh, one twenty-nine, which was about when you get to the point where you really you still like it a lot, and you're still, you know, maybe you put together some some time abstinent, but you're pining away, and then you get drunk again, and 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 we touched on you know, this idea, can you, can you still keep doing something that you truly don't want to do? Will you still keep doing something you truly don't want to do? So we get,
1: we get guests or or students sometimes. And, uh, the people that do well, you don't hear from, you know, you hear from years later and they they do awesome. So that's the majority of the people, but then you have the, the people who, who, and this is a real common thing with this population. They, they learn the freedom model. Yep. They go out and they kick ass and they move start on with their lives. They start
0: putting their lives together, building what they want. They've got their swing the bat list. They're doing stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Things are
1: going well. And then, then I get the call and they say, you know, I, I drank at new year's or whatever. And then I just didn't stop. and, And I don't know what's going on or I
0: went, you know, or I went out with my friends and we had a great time and I had a few drinks and it was awesome. And I've done that a couple of times. And then this last time I got home and I
1: thought I'm going to keep drinking. Right. And they go on a bender or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. And they get scared. And, and I understand that. I, I do, you know, we've been dealing with this for three decades with people and God knows I lived that at one point in my life, a long time ago. So, um, What's interesting is they, they will always say, God, I don't want to drink. I don't want to do this anymore. That's, and that's a lie.
0: Yeah. Mark, Mark will always, I'm, I'm a little softer with it and I can't be anymore. Right. You know, I'm like, no, you know, I understand you maybe don't want to be doing this anymore, but no, Mark is right. It's that's, that's not true because you're not going to keep doing something you don't want to do.
1: That's right. So it's an, it's amazing to me the levels to which people have been trained in our society yeah. to deny their preference for heavy intoxication. They, even when they're talking with us, even after we've taught them the freedom model, they'll say, well, no, I don't really want to do this. I don't know why I'm still doing it. And, and, and it's flabbergasting to me because we've gone over the fact that they have a preference for it. You don't do something you don't want to do. Now, So what happens is they bypass their preference. When we're doing this analysis after their bender, they bypass the preference part and they go right to consequences because we've been trained like dogs to do this. And there's no solution in the consequences. There's no motivation there. There's no solution. You're not going to change a substance use problem based on the consequences. So you're hitting a brick wall. And actually what you're doing because of your your positive drive You're making heavy substance use your preference that you've retained for it. uh, You're making it look more attractive because the more you look at how shitty your life is and how many costs and consequences you've stacked up again, the more the drug looks like it's on a higher plane, a happier existence. So now you're back in that negative feedback loop. And that's exactly what happens to people. Now, the linchpin to undoing that, to jumping out of that cycle is super simple. It's challenging the benefits you see in drinking and drugging. And when I say that to people, they get pissed because sometimes they get pissed. They say, Mark, but I, I know it doesn't work for me. I said, that's not true. Just stop saying that. It's not true. You obviously do think there's benefits or you wouldn't be putting the bottle to your lips or the needle in your arm or the crack pipe in your mouth. It, it, here's the thing.
0: we You if you genuinely analyze it, you'll know it's true because I want you to think of something you don't like. Right. I, I, whatever it is, I hate peanut butter. It never occurs to me to eat peanut butter. I I avoid
1: it at all costs. I don't like it. It has zero benefits for me,
0: even though I know peanut butter is nutritious.
1: Or let's say, why do I not learn Swahili? (laughs) The language of Swahili? Because I'm not Ethiopia. it has no bearing on or any benefit whatsoever to my existence. So I don't go to school to learn Swahili. It wouldn't even occur to me to do so. So, I, so. and I, I want to do one more thing too. Also there's there is a little bit of a
0: nuance and we're gonna we're gonna go into this at depth, but there are also things that you like but you don't do to excess. And there's a difference. The difference is like, I like, um, you know, I like working out. Um, I don't do
1: it continuously. Or you might like rice, but you don't eat it all day.
0: Oh, I, yeah. I don't eat only rice and I don't eat it like like 10 cups of rice a day. Right. Like, so, so, but I don't believe that it could do anything else for me. Right. That's what it is. So, yeah, when you say, I don't want to do it anymore, what you're saying is, I don't want the consequences. And then you're focusing on the consequences. Why do I still want to do this? Because the consequences are so, that costs are so high. They're so bad. And then you feel like a
1: terrible person. And just what he said, you get that cycle going. And the drug is now your outlet because you've recreated the learned connection that it, it takes away all your troubles in life and you've built the value back into the drink. Now here's, that's what a preference is built from. So here, I'm going to do a class with you. So do you see what this is? It's a little mini disco ball.
0: Yeah, Hang it, hang it.
1: Okay. (laughs) Now a disco ball, if you you can see, let me get up close to the camera, is made from little squares of of mirrors.
0: Yep. All right. That,
1: That reflect light. And it's shiny, and it's and it's a pretty cool thing, actually. Um, this was given to me by a by a past student. Uh, she knows who she is. <laughs> and uh, and if your preference is like this disco ball in your mind, as a bright, shiny object, and it's sitting here, and you stare at it long enough, you'll be attracted to it, right? So, so imagine that your preference for drinking is like this. Now, the preference is built from all these little squares. Each square is one of the myths of the preference that you've built. A myth might be that that it takes my stress away. That's a big square, right? Or takes my or that anxiety it contains,
0: away. Contains fun.
1: Yes. That it makes me prettier,
0: mm-hmm. makes me
1: uh, have a voice, that it takes away boredom, that it, it does it, meaning drinking, meaning, drugging, right. does some pharmacological magic within my mind. And that's the preference is built in your mind. Now, if you mindlessly stop drinking and drugging, and normally when you're drinking, drugging, you're staring at the disco ball. You're like totally entranced by yeah, the, your in preference. Love. You're in love with it. Mm-hmm. You see all the value in it, but then you do the freedom model and all of a sudden it's a little bit over here but you still haven't shattered every one of these myths. Maybe you've taken out some of the little squares, but
0: it's still pretty well intact.
1: Yeah, so your preference remains intact. It's just not in the forefront of your mind. You're distracted by this new exciting thing called the freedom model. You've you've gotten rid of maybe 10 squares, but really what you need to do is you need to eviscerate this thing. You need to crush it. You need to take each one of the myths and destroy it. Now, what's interesting about a, about a sphere is if you dismantle enough of it, it'll just collapse on itself. And that's exactly yes. what happens if you challenge the perceived benefits of use against the truth. This no longer exists. So when that goes here, there's no there's no struggle. But if you mindlessly distract yourself over here. You're looking over here, but your preference remains completely intact or partially intact. Eventually when you're bored or when you go to that party, you'll go, Or when something negative happens to you. That's right. And so now you go, Oh, there's my preference. I know what drugs does for me. So we have a tendency to, to look at it, say, yeah, I've challenged your preferences and blow right by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I get that part. And I'm going to focus on the consequences and just move on with that's called mindlessly trying to change your preference. It's mindless. It's uh, you're not doing it. So or if you try to replace it with something else, like you do the replacement, then kind of what
0: you're doing is you're putting that that in the background, or maybe you're you're right covering it with something, but it's still there. It's still here. And at any point, you're going to turn and get what you Be like, feel oh, you need there it mean. is there it is and you know because i i have a student here right now that like when she was describing to me g- getting wine delivered to her house she's like you know now you're you have apps and it says we're eight blocks from your house and she would start getting excited you know that the wine is almost here the wine is almost here and and shiny 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 bringing the disco ball back up front oh, yeah. you know i'm going to i'm going to finally be able to relax i'm going to be able to feel like myself or yeah. whatever it is Or, or i can
1: doing for yeah you. or i can honestly i think the biggest perceived benefit is i can finally say fuck it yeah i can just tell the world to go screw and i'm going to just isolate myself. And I don't have to listen to my husband or wife. I don't have to deal with the kids. I can just shut off. Yep. And that, that is about as shiny because human beings will do just about anything to get rid of the human condition and the pain that's involved in it. Now, it's not a very good shiny object because it doesn't do it. No. And you're doing it. You're doing it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Which means you don't need booze to do it anymore. You can just do it without the bad side.
0: Yeah. So let, so let's, but we're going to, I want to, I think we need to start over again and, and let you know. So when you, if you went on that, you know, bender last weekend and you felt like you were out of control and you're like, but I really still love getting drunk. You can still like, being intoxicated and not want to do it every day and not feel like you're out of control if you're saying i'm still doing this but i really don't want to do it then you a believe you're out of control yep right you believe you're doing you're doing something against your own will not possible doesn't happen right impossible it's impossible um and b so you 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 still want to do it you're not willing to admit what you still like about it, and that you feel like you still
1: need it for certain things. That's right. You're ignoring your preference. You're mindlessly bypassing it, but retaining all the value in it at the same time. So so you can't ignore this. This is the crucial piece. It's the linchpin for everything that you're going to do if you want to get over the problem. Um, but I'm amazed by the amount of habit that people have to ignore. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to tell you, and I've said this before, the reason that people have learned to ignore their preference is because our society doesn't agree with it. Your family right. doesn't agree with it. They, they, everybody around you says you are a bad piece of garbage for wanting to stick the needle in your arm. You're a junkie. They say, did you get clean? Implying right. you're dirty. Okay, right. so, So with that kind of angle coming at you, you learn by if you started when you were 12 like i did by 13 you learned i got to hide this because yeah. I'm people a, don't
0: like this they think yeah, i'm bad
1: yeah and so you become this secretive sort of habitual user which i did all through my teens all through my mm-hmm. teens i lied about it i it became and that makes it very coveted and very secret and very deviant and very valuable now yeah. it's so valuable you have to hide it like a diamond you know in the dark and that, that builds value in it. That all becomes part of your ritual, the way you think about it, and the way you lie to yourself about it, right? Yeah. So, so the first thing is there's no judgment here. The first thing you need to say when you are actively heavily drinking or drugging is saying, I like this for certain reasons. Go back to chapter four, find the reasons, and then ask yourself through chapters 17 through 20, what myth? am i imbuing this with what am i what am i believing uh, what am i giving credit to the drug for that it doesn't yes. that it doesn't possess that's the linchpin
0: that it really is and and sometimes we overcomplicate the search for the reason um by looking at you know i i have a new student here that you know really is a pretty straightforward person but i but she continuously looks in her past to try and figure out what she, what she likes about what she's doing today. And I mean, I'm not talking your yesterday past, I'm talking, you know, 30 years ago when I was a child and, and sure you built patterns in your life from, from that point, but the reason that you're doing it today is not because of something that happened to you when you were 10 years old. It's not. It's, it's because I see value today in making this decision to be drunk or high right now.
1: That's, right. That's so, right. So don't overcomplicate the search for the reason you like it. Right. Unless you have some sort of belief there, there is the situation where if you've been therapized, I call it, oh, if, you've yeah. been, if you have this like uh, Gabor Mate, the, the whole trauma, trauma causes addiction thing, if, if you believe that, look at, we all have trauma. Everybody. And, and I had an extensive amount of it mm-hmm. growing I did too. up. too. Yeah, you did. You did. Um and if you connect that to your use, that becomes a really, really volatile belief system. Yeah, it does. that somehow drugs can somehow solve a past trauma. First of all, it's in the past; it literally can't even be addressed. Like, no. there's there's no way to the, address.
0: The only way that to, to, to move past it is is to put it where it belongs, which is in your memory bank in the past, and and just you know there's there's ways to reframe things and move on with your life but you can't go back and change it you can't I, change what happened to you
1: i've told this story that that we uh we sent a bunch of ther uh therapists to the tsunami in indonesia after the tsunami hit the the beaches in indonesia and killed all those people the mm, hundred thousands so of people awful. and uh and so they they choppered in all these therapists and the therapists set up a tent and all this kind of thing and and the people there who don't understand therapy, that don't understand trauma, that don't... There was trauma.
0: Oh, for sure. I
1: mean, 24 hours prior, their entire families were wiped out in front of their eyes, yeah. right? Children, you know, just, all, awful. Uh, just awful, right? And the people would come into the tent and they were saying, what What are you, what are you talking about? Why are about? you here? What are you, what are you talking about? Like, they, it was a concept they didn't even understand. They said... So what the people would say to the therapist is, can you, come on, help me get some water. Come, come on, uh, let's go pick up that piece of tin and build a sh- uh, shelter for these five children. Let's go feed this person. Can we get medical care for that person? And and so the therapist suddenly realized they had no purpose there. And so within a week, they were flabbergasted at the fact that these people were well-adjusted with all the death. And they couldn't understand how? Because no, none of them were talking about it. And the point is, humans are wicked resilient. I mean, we're yes. so resilient if we're looking forward. We're terribly, terribly not resilient if we're taught to look in reverse. Yes. And that is exactly how you stay in misery. So a lot of times we connect. Here's the point. I'm going to go full this circle. Is we is great. We, we connect our substance use. As a relief for trauma, because we feel like there's this latent trauma or some explicit trauma that happened to us, and somehow the alcohol is going to solve it. The only solution for that sort of thing is to look at your trauma. You have to temporarily embrace it, look at it honestly, and say, yeah, that happened to me. It's a part of me. It's a part of me. It's a part of, a part of my past. I don't have to forgive everybody, I can, but I can move on. And then eventually you'll forgive the people At some level, and you will move on. I had a lot of bad things happen to me that I had no control over as a little boy, but I got over it. You know, I and I don't drink and drug over it,
0: right? That I the
1: lesson there too
0: is that you move forward in life through action, and and I want you to really just think about if you've been to treatment programs, you've seen therapists and look at my background is in mental health. And, and I think that there is value to talking with a really good therapist from time to time. But I, but if you, if you've spent any time ruminating about your past, you're not moving forward. You're not changing your life and moving in a positive direction. You will feel broken. You will continue to feel that way. You know, if you connect your substance use to these past things that you can't go back and change and, and treatment does this, right? So you go to a treatment program or you go to a 12 step meeting and what are you doing? You're sitting and you're talking.
1: You're reliving your past and creating it
0: now. You're creating your past into your, your present and future. And and that's not a solution. What that is, is that's a recipe for staying stuck exactly where you are.
1: That's right. That's you right. know,
0: and continuing to struggle. And so what the freedom model is about is not just figuring this all out, right? You're, you're figuring this all out. And we talk about it as a process because we want you to live your life. That's what life movements talks about. We want you to, to, to be active, to move on, to actively create your future by, you know, deciding, yeah, all that stuff that happened to me, my past substance, heavy substance use, all of that stuff, is stuff I can learn from. It's a part of me, but it doesn't have to dictate how I behave today or tomorrow.
1: And I don't have to connect it to any negative event in my present. I don't have to connect it as some sort of solution to any negative thing that's going to happen in the future. Right. I certainly don't have to connect it to bad things that happened to me when I was a kid. Uh, I don't have to connect it to any of that because alcohol doesn't have a mind. So it can't go into your mind, into your metaphysical mind and change what happened or how you perceive things. The exactly. only operative thing that can do that is you, your mind, yourself. Yeah. So you're the only one alive in here. You're the yeah. only one thinking. The alcohol doesn't think. So so the only answer to these issues is you've got to devalue that drug and take it off the pedestal and stop making it this religious god that solves Mm -hmm. problems for you. I mean, that's I I believed it, too. Trust me, I grew up in therapy and it was the worst thing that could have happened to me as a human being. I was I was regurgitating endless pain and then connecting it to use. And then they were telling me the very solution, which is alcohol and drugs. You can't have anymore. So they were building the drug up and then telling me I couldn't have it. You want to talk about a, a plan that fails? Both sides are wrong of that argument. First of all, I didn't need the drug to solve anything, and I could move past all the bad things that happened in my life, and I could move on, and that's what the therapist, eventually I did have this lady, Jean in Saratoga, that told me, you know, you can, you can move past this. I was 15 at the time, and uh, I was going through a very, very difficult time in my life and she said you're still at the mercy of some things because you're 15 but within the next few years you need to just get out of there. You didn't need-. and i did. i did. i moved mm-hmm. away and i never went home again. and in my situation that's what i needed to do and i moved on and i i ended up being a very well adjusted adult. and i had nothing but pain as a kid. yeah, you know.
0: Well, I was just when he was talking, I wrote something down so I didn't forget it. He and I both have that issue where we'll come up with something, but then we'll keep listening <laughs> yeah, we've and then it goes a, out of our minds. Yeah, we've learned
1: to bring a notebook.
0: <laughs> so, so when I was I, I'm I have a new student here. She's only been here <clears throat> a little less, I'm sorry. A little less, allergies. <clears throat> oh my goodness. She's been here a little less than a week and um and she said something and when Mark was talking it made me think of it. She said uh you know she's built up substances in her mind to the point that she's like it's the only it's the only thing that makes me feel good. It's yeah. the only thing that makes me feel good. She said it multiple times in every class we've had this week. And it's the only thing that makes me feel good. And I finally had to say, well that's not true. It's not true. You have created that in your mind you've built it up and I remember thinking this way about different things you know I've I've you know if you repeat something enough to yourself you will begin to believe it it will become your reality um but it's not true it's 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 because I asked her I'm like what well what else do you like to do that's the only thing I like to do okay so that's the only thing you've ever done your whole life you were born doing it. Well, now so so if you've built this thing, Right. It's the only thing I like to do
1: anymore. It's the only thing I like it's to do. It's a form of catastrophizing. Really. It, it
0: really is. Yeah. And you learn it in rehab. You yes. learn it in treatment. You yes. learn it in our culture. Yeah.
1: And the false dis- brain disease theory. Yeah, yeah. That it's the only thing that's going to make me feel good. Yeah, it's going to change your brain and yeah. you're never going to find pleasure in anything else. That's absolute nonsense. By it's the way.
0: complete. It's so. So what you've basically done is you've worshiped this thing and you've made it this huge thing in your life where You've decided I can't be happy without it. And
1: treatment amplifies that in a massive way.
0: Yep. And so what we're asking you to do, there's a couple of things you can do right now, right now while you're listening to this. If that's something you believe, I want you to think about within the last week, even if you've been drinking the whole time, think about something that made you smile that wasn't substances, even if you were drunk when it happened. Could be somebody made you laugh. Could be you were scrolling through social media, saw a meme that was funny. It could be the fact that maybe you got up and you went to the gym for once and you were like, wow, that made me feel really good. It could be that you listened to an old band that you hadn't seen in a while. Music. Um, It could be you had you had something, maybe somebody made you something to eat that was
1: particularly good. Now let me jump in. So So now when you do this, let's say there's five things or three things or two things that, that you really liked. And then is drinking or drugging any different? Now, the only way it's different usually is because of the mythology being so profound. The magic. Yeah. You see that as magical, right? Magical. And you don't see the other things as magical because our society doesn't teach you that you get addicted or diseased by music. Right. So, even though
0: I kind of tend to believe music's a little bit magical.
1: <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um, so, so, but the point is, is um, all these other things that you like aren't usually seen as addictions or, but actually now our society is going in a direction where it's trying to medicalize everything. And, everything. And, and it's all about money at this point. So, but, but you get the difference. Yes. The point is just because alcohol goes into your body and that's really the nuance here. Alcohol or drugs goes into your body and affects your brain tissue temporarily. um, That active placebo makes it seem like there's something bigger happening. Yes. You know, music doesn't literally go into your mouth and down into your stomach, but it goes in your ears. Yeah. Um, but But you don't have a sensation physically in your bloodstream maybe. So that active placebo is why you get so confused. That's another factor in your confusion about this and the value you've built into this. You're like, no, this is real. This is different. It's not, it's not, it's still your interpretation of the physical That's sensations. It. It's still your mind is the only thing alive here. Try to remember that the alcohol isn't coming from the outside, going into your mouth, going through your body, and then changing your mind for you. You got to get rid of that. That's, That's the shiny nonsense that's building such a deep preference that you're hanging on to based on a lie that you keep telling yourself and others keep telling you. Yeah. So, so that's what you're going to, that's the linchpin. If you don't get rid of those lies, you will build value a religious value into this experience and you will want it and you will keep drinking and drugging. So we're going to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you
0: to get curious okay? To get curious about about the magic, right? Um, To challenge that nothing else can make you feel good. That whole idea that nothing else is as good as this. Challenge that. Go out, do different things. Find out, really become mindful of what you're liking and disliking, what your preferences are. And also... You know, if you're, you know, if this weekend you go on a, you know, have drink a little more than you think you want to, call bullshit on yourself. Yeah, I drank exactly what I wanted yeah, to. And and
1: what what is the what is the shiny part that you're that's attracting you to that? Yes. What is the belief behind your preference? Do not bypass that. Because if you bypass that, you're bypassing the very thing, and then you're just mindlessly moving forward. But this sucker is sitting there in your psyche going hey, you know, and don't be afraid. I know.
0: I mean, this person that I have here that's new right now, she's genuinely hanging on to the magic because she's terrified that there'll there'll be nothing, that there'll be nothingness, that she's going to let all this magic go. And then her life is just going to be empty. And that is not reality unless you want it to be that unless you want to hang on. So sometimes people choose to hang on to that, hang on to that, that shiny ball. Um, But I can tell you that it's so amazing to be free.
1: It is like
0: just the freedom of knowing that, you know what I like, I like a little buzz now and again, but I like it for what it is a little tickle. Right? Yeah, and I,
1: and I liked 20 years, 21 years of abstinence. She, I
0: loved abstinence. Yeah. I still love it. And most days I'm abstinent. Yeah, me too. You know, too. because I, I like a clear mind and, and I know that there are so many amazing
1: things in life that feel good. But you also know that alcohol is not a solution to your Anything. problems, right? That it Anything. doesn't make you do A, B, C, D, or E.
0: Nope. And even when I've had, look at Mark and I have gone through traumatic experiences, abstinent, you know, and oh, many, many. Many. And it it's like I never would reach for alcohol no more than I'd reach for a glass of milk because I know it it's not going to help me with my with the feelings that I have. And there's a certain part of going through the grieving process that is necessary. And that, that I, I now, you know, yeah, maybe when I'm in it, I feel like I want something to deaden it, but nothing, there is nothing other than maybe talking to someone that I'm close to. And just getting through it. It just, you just got to move through it. That's, it's a process just like anything else. And so, but I know beyond the shadow of a doubt and I didn't used to, that there's no magic. There's no right. magic in substances. Right. So so if you find yourself saying, Oh, I don't really like this, but I'm still doing it.
1: It's right. a lie. That's right. There's there's pieces and big chunks that you still shatter at ref- baby. Refer. Smash that ball. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I was gonna crush it, but I figured I'd make my hands bleed. Yeah, no,
0: that's no, no. Well, we very gotta dramatic. keep it. We gotta keep it. Maybe we should have like, I don't know, like a Something that we show is at the end of this. Something
1: super corny.
0: (laughs) Super corny. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. I think we're done for today, except for we want to talk about the most amazing thing you can do right now is to join Freedom Model International. Um, You go to online.thefreedommodel.org. It's a low-cost membership that gives you access to all of our online resources that includes our books digital editions of our books our audiobook the freedom model for the family audiobook is taking much longer than I anticipated it probably won't be done until the end of the year um and uh, but you can get the freedom model for the family digital download it's an easy read um, and the freedom model online program
1: and the freedom model for the family online program you get a seminar series on why you shouldn't go to AA. Where I where I deconstruct AA uh, and the history of it. Um, you, you get, get our
0: ahead. you get our time for two hours. And that'll be next week, on um, the 29th of June. It will be. From three to five PM Eastern time. That's New York time or in the US um, for people around the world. And you just log on at any point during that three to that two hour window um, if you're a member and it's a members only. Question and answer with Mark and I.
1: Now, if you're if this is an archived in the future podcast, this was 2022
0: when we said this. Yeah, it was. So next week would be June 29th, 2022, Um, and uh, yeah. So, and if you become a
1: member. You can go back and look through and listen to all of the question and answers. Yeah, they're archived. Yeah. So, so as an as a member, that's members only. So, so you get us for two hours. You can you can join. You can ask questions. It's it's awesome. <laughs> it's live. Uh, we also have every week a new lesson that's yes. taught. Uh, yep. A brand new lesson from myself, or Daniel Ploorgey, or Matthew Sparks, other certified instructors. I Danny have to record White. my lesson today
0: for next yeah. week. Yep. Yeah,
1: I just did one uh, this past week. Um, what else? Oh, and then we have the newsletter th- that you get, and yes. all of this you get for thirty nine ninety five a month, <laughs> and you can start or stop whenever you want.
0: Yes. Yes, I'm sorry about my coughing.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's, Allergy we're in, season. We're in a giant pollen ball out here.
0: <laughs> we are. We are. So online at thefreedommodel.org, and look if if you have questions, if you want to talk to somebody, you can call our toll free number. If you're watching on YouTube, it's on the top of the screen. Um, Somebody is mans those phones from 8.30 a.m. to 9.00 p.m. Monday through Thursday.
1: That's 888-424-2626.
0: And then from Friday to Sunday, it's uh, from 9.00 a.m. to 6.00 p.m.
1: Yeah, and if you really need your life to stop and you need a break, And you want to learn the freedom model and you want to get your life together and you want to do it in an environment where you have your own bedroom. We don't take your cell phone away. You can come to the St. Jude Retreat. We've been running that for 33 years. There's only five guests here at any given point. And it's like going to a bed, really nice bed and breakfast with a chef and all those amenities um, and, and you can, and you can you. keep
0: working while you're here. Yeah. We'll work around your schedule. We have somebody here right now that's, that's still running her business. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we want you to be comfortable and also we have private instruction, which is you meet with a certified freedom model instructor, um, for, you know, usually in an hour to an hour and a half, two times per week on your schedule. And, um, and they take you through the, the freedom model.
1: Yep. The entire curriculum. All right, everybody.
0: All right. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Take care.